Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-host. She uses soft style in a hard way constantly, Whitney Nelson. <laughs> it's true. That's me. Here I am. Hello, everyone. <laughs> God, I love that line. It was so good. Mm -hmm. Those mm -hmm. dodgeball announcer fellas. <laughs> Uh, it's just the two of us. This is a new dynamic. We, uh, we've never is. had the, the two co-host uh, situation before. No, but it's it's a uh, tumultuous time in the world, and sometimes <laughs> you got to run with the crew you've got. Yes, exactly correct. So might end up being a slightly shorter episode, but no less enthusiasm as a result. So let's let's get right into it. Uh, as always, up top, uh, I mentioned you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com, email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you're watching live on Periscope or Twitch, you can chime in with your two cents and have us read your comments aloud. I am monitoring the live chat kind of in one of these windows here. It's looking good so far. It looks like it's all working. Uh, this movie might, uh, last week there wasn't much debate. This week, I don't think there would be much debate about the quality I don't of this think, film. I don't think there's going to be any debate, but all right, we'll see. That's great. So, uh, live streamers, that's Periscope and Twitch. And then, uh, finally, if you want to be excellent to us, uh, please share the show with your friends, rate and review us on iTunes, bring all sorts of new people into the fray. I want to say that either because of quarantine or people sharing or some combination of both. Uh, the, the numbers have, have continued to rise subscriber-wise, so it's very heartening to see. So thank Yay. you. Thank you, existing listeners. Thank you, new listeners. It's great to have you. Great to have you. So we haven't done this in a bit, but I think it's actually better to go a couple years between these, Whitney, where you take a temperature of where we are film-wise in the world. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think doing one after another when it comes to years can get a little repetitive, but just like a, a recap of here's where we are with pop culture. Yeah. Uh, and this is, a, this is a particularly interesting year. It's a weird year. <laughs> for films. <laughs> so here are the other like noteworthy films that came out the same exact year. So we have Gravity, Man of Steel, Inside, Lewin Davis. Iron Man 3, Captain Phillips, American Hustle, The Wolf of Wall Street, Pacific Rim, The Conjuring, Gatsby, Oblivion, and our Best Picture winner for 2013 was 12 Years a Slave, mm -hmm. which... It's a real mixed bag. Yeah, there's not... I mean, in years past, we've kind of had like a through line <laughs> this yeah. year. No, It's not all over all. the map. It's the only through line really is depressing. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can Even get behind the ones that. that are like on the wackier side, like Wolf of Wall Street, that's still a pretty depressing jam. Even though they they you know go all out. That's true. Iron Man three also Marvel Gatsby, film, but perhaps the most depressing. depressing yeah, uh, Marvel film. Most, most depressing. One yeah. of the most depressing. Yeah, for sure. They're all just kind of downers. Yeah. Um, Pacific Rim might be the most fun. <laughs> I was going to say all of them. And that's still not like a happy-go-lucky action movie compared to some. So when, no. when Pacific Rim is your, like, thrill ride, your lighthearted <laughs> thrill ride, something has happened sure. to the culture. Right. It's an interesting year. 
So that's, you know, that's where we are. This, our, our, today's movie came out alongside all of these. And I think these are all kind of bangers in their own, in their own regard, right? That's totally, yes. I am totally not saying that any of them are bad because most of them have a pretty devoted following in one way or another. Yeah. Or did super well in the box office or whatever. Like, all of these are movies of made by talented people who are bangers in their own right. But also, I don't think I can pick a movie off this list to watch for the rest of my life. I think I'm just done with movies if I have to choose because I don't think any of these are ones that I could watch over and over and over again. Yeah, these are... This is a very tough list. I honestly think if you said you can pick one of these and you have to watch it only this forever, I would say, I guess I'm just done with movies then. <laughs> it's like, why are you punishing me? <laughs> yeah. And it's not that any of these are bad. Right. It's just all of these are too heavy for a rewatch. Understood. Yeah. Let alone eternal rewatching. The top of the list for me, I could say the Pacific Rim, just because it's a little bit more uh for sure me fluffy, too i think i think yeah. if you yeah i think if you had to if you had to force my hand pacific rim is probably maybe gatsby just because i'm into the style of it oh sure um, baz lerman right yeah that guy's yeah, got no me, i'm a very I'm a, I'm a baz lerman fangirl so maybe that one but that's a that's a real downer of a story <laughs> right it's all glitz and glamour until it's absolutely not Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, that's very interesting. So that's where we're that's where we are culturally here. And then we arrive at the movie that we're here to talk about today, which is The Man of Tai Chi. It's actually I keep saying the man. It's just man of Tai Chi. So if you hear me say that, it's just I, I don't know why I add the to the beginning. Feels right in my brain. The plot synopsis from Rotten Tomatoes is as follows. This film follows the spiritual journey of a young martial artist whose unparalleled Tai Chi skills land him in a highly lucrative underworld fight club. As the fights intensify, so does his will to survive. This uh, was directed by our main man, Keanu Reeves, directed this movie. It is his directorial debut, and he has not directed another movie since this, which is... Pretty interesting for reasons I think we're going to touch on in just a bit. Mm -hmm. Co-starring alongside Keanu is Tiger Hu Chen, Karen Mok, Hai Yu, King Ye, and Simon Yam. So Whitney, we are coming off of a movie <laughs> that literally had a zero. <laughs> yeah. So what do the critics and audiences think of this one? Well, the critics... Pretty resounding positive, 70% critic score. Right. That's about as high as they get uh, <laughs> for critics. Because, right. you know, they're critics. That's in yeah. the name. They're critical. Uh, and a 50% audience score, which I really think has more to do with lack of exposure, more so than experience of the film after having seen it. Okay. Uh, I definitely think that the average score should be much closer to a 70. But I think that you have to have a, an idea of 80s kung fu action movies to appreciate this sort of like a passion project. So 
Yeah. I could okay. see I could see not everyone getting it, but I feel like it's because of lack of exposure to the sort of source material that this is a pastiche of. Anyway, uh, the critics. Uh, we have a critic quote from Robert Abele, Abele from the LA Times, who says, The brutally efficient shooting style Reeves employs to film master choreographer Yen Wung Ping's breathtaking fights is refreshingly grounded and old school kinetic. Okay, okay. Uh, we have a user quote from Dan M on Rotten Tomatoes who gave it two and a half out of five stars and who says, while the fight choreography is pretty good and adds some excitement to the film, the plot's rather cliched and trite. And there's a change in tone at the end where the fights become mystical that doesn't quite work. But despite its problems, Man of Tai Chi is still a fairly solid action film. Okay. And then Zoe P., a listener, sent in this. Uh, Zoe! About, <laughs> about the movie. For what it's worth, I liked this one. I'm not a big fan of martial arts movies, but this was entertaining enough. Good explanation of Tai Chi for those who don't know, d- with well-directed training scenes between Tiger and the Master. Relatable themes of control and innocence lost, but these were really rammed down your throat. Love the contrast of the busy China life versus the uncluttered dwelling, stark life of fighting. Uh, also loved seeing all the temple stuff. I love a good temple architecturally. Same. Yeah. Same, Zoe. Same. <laughs> True. Keanu was so evil, all that's missing from him was the mwahaha. I think he gave us a mwahaha at one point. <laughs> I believe he may have. <laughs> yeah. Not not to not to uh, discredit you, Zoe, but I believe there may have been one mwahaha. Um, love that he made his getaway from the cops by swimming. Who the hell does that? <laughs> not a bad first directing effort from Keanu. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what, what the people have to say. Awesome. Well, thank you, Zoe, as always. I should probably be our listener review for, I don't know, the foreseeable future. Unless, you know, feel free to write in <laughs> with your reviews, but yeah, in the absence of that. Anyone who wants to get in on this, get in on it. Clearly, Zoe <laughs> has been running this thing for the past several episodes. So Yeah, send in your thoughts and we will talk about them. So this is this is interesting, like this kind of the the difference here. And I'm curious before we get into this, Whitney, like what is your what is your experience with like martial arts films? Like, like, have you seen a lot? Are you coming in with like a lot of knowledge about this genre and kind of uh, some of the tropes that they work with or or what? So historically, no, I have not had any experience with martial arts films, but uh, I have been given uh, something of a crash course in the past year okay. with the person that I'm dating being very into martial arts movies awesome. um, of a bunch of different time frames and whatever. So I am now like I would not say historically I'm well versed and I certainly have only a year of watching martial arts movies under my belt. Um, but I definitely have more experience now than I did when we started this podcast. So for sure. Now is the time to talk to me about a martial arts movie rather than <laughs> when we started. Awesome. Okay, cool. Because I could be like a pretty self-professed like noob about this stuff. So what I did was like I did a Google search. I was like most popular martial arts films. I'm like I did, like ranked by people or Google or whatever. I was like, let me see how many of the widely regarded martial arts films that I've seen. So I'm going to read uh-huh. a list of them here. And... 
I've seen like most of these, which is great. So, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, of course, of course, uh, Kung Fu Hustle, which was amazing and so so, good. so fun that I so good caught me out of caught me out of like left field. I was like, holy hell, this is fun. Yeah, it's like. Shaun of the Dead for people yes! that aren't into like horrors or zombie movies, like yeah. as an intro because it's so fun and so I don't know, like high key and everything is just at the right pitch. That like for people that don't watch horror movies or zombie movies or anything like that, that's the one that you show them because it's so fun that they're like, okay, I can get into this. And when I saw Shaun of the Dead, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Like I knew I was gonna like it, I didn't yeah. know I was gonna like love it. Kung Fu Hustle is Shaun of the Dead, but for martial arts movies. Absolutely agree. It transcends the genre almost that it is mm -hmm. not. I don't want to. Shaun of the Dead was clearly uh, like a parody, but then in its own way became like one of the best zombie movies ever. I don't. Uh, yeah. Maybe Kung yeah. Fu Hustle to a degree. They were like, let's just take it to 11. I was going to say Kung Fu Hustle did the same thing. Yeah. Where they were like parodying a genre and the tropes of the genre. And then they were like. Wait a minute, we might just be making the best movie this genre has ever seen. Exactly. Accidentally it's while we're doing it. So fun when that happens, right? Yeah. Those are the best. Yeah. Uh, they also listed many of the mid to late 90s, like Jackie Chan films, like Rumble mm -hmm. in the Bronx and stuff like that. So I've, I've mm -hmm. seen those. The Karate Kid, obviously, throwing it back. Uh, Romeo Must Die. Uh, Kill Bill, which mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. Quentin Tarantino's take on... The, uh, some of these other films and then uh it's like eponymous like the raid one and two uh or the raid redemption i think it might have been called the second one mm -hmm. so i've seen all of those so that's but like anything outside of that I, I you know there was ip man or ip man i don't know what you would say the several of those i'm like i don't know what that is i don't you know so that's what i'm bringing to the table here when i watch this film yeah I definitely would not call myself an expert, but I definitely have more, a few more things under my belt as far as genre or not really released in America or that sort of stuff. B movie, mm -hmm. martial arts movies that that made a big impact on the the field, but didn't necessarily make a big box office impact. <laughs> that cool. sort of stuff. I've been shown a lot of those. I couldn't even tell you the names of half of them. That's how much it's like you know, a project of my partner who loves martial arts movies showing me martial arts movies, but they all have elements that I really, really love. All right. Well, that's good to know. Good to know. I like anything where they're building a world and anything where the drama is heightened. And so, you know, martial arts movies are like perfect for that because yes. they always do a very good job of building a world, whatever that world may be. And they always heighten the drama in a very melodramatic way but in a way that I love. And this movie does both of those things. It does them really well, really, really mm -hmm. well. I think the final thing that I'll mention before we get into our thoughts on this is that this was the first time we did like a watch party with our, our some of our listeners. Oh my and, gosh, and it together. was so fun. It was the best. <laughs> Y'all need to, if you are at all into this podcast, you need to be on the lookout on Twitter for future watch parties because we had so much fun in the chat. Yeah just as a group, kind of talking about the same sort of notes, like half the stuff I'm going to talk about right now and in just a minute is stuff I already said in the chat, but it was also really like 
freeform and fun and and we all were just like riffing and it was almost like an mst3k thing but we were all having a really good time doing it yeah absolutely and uh shout out to christina and mm-hmm. jen Jen. And Charles Nolan even showed up out of the Charles void. Nolan <laughs> gave us a bunch of really interesting fun facts during the. Um, so yeah, we we even got a, a small sort of influence of pop quiz asshole because every once in a while there would be a fun fact from Charles who knows everything about everything Keanu. But yeah, Jen stopped by from I Never Saw That podcast, yes. which delightful. is a great podcast, and she is delightful. Um, yeah, so even if you can't make the whole time pop in and just watch a little bit of the movie with us and see what we're saying. You know, you can get stuff from context clues and whatever. Yeah. And then leave again. You don't have to be married to the whole film. Although Christina was there for the whole film and Christina Start was to finish. a delight. <laughs> yeah, that was great. We're going to, I'm going to work with Whitney to plan these out. Cause we have a couple of these coming up for this season. Still right at the end, Christina mentioned uh, the bad batch. And I think there was one other that, come out or, or in this season that are also on netflix so if you have an yeah, account we need to, we need to re-review the re-review the list and see what's on netflix and prioritize netflix now because the watch yeah. party was so fun i want to do it for everyone we can absolutely absolutely so do so do that be on the lookout it was a lot of fun i i just had to mention it because it was it was so cool so cool all right so we had the watch party. We talked a lot. Whitney, do you want to do you want to springboard us into your thoughts on Man of Tai Chi? Sure. I thought this movie was great. I loved it. The I said at one point in the chat that you know we've talked several times. Mostly Andrew has talked several times so far about sort of like nuggets that are the seed, the beginning of John Wick. And I really like I've I've seen where you're coming from every time you've said that, mm-hmm. but I haven't necessarily agreed until this movie. This movie, especially knowing that it was Keanu's passion project and that he was the director and he got this off the ground and he wanted to make this film, this really showed you how John Wick happened, in my opinion. Like the yeah. the knowing that he was as invested in this as he was and the people that he got to be in the movie and and the way that the camera work happened and everything it was just so pre John Wick feeling for me in a lot of ways that um it made me be very excited the fight scenes were outrageously good like so awesome outrageously good um, I think that plot-wise, anyone who says that this is a very common plot is not wrong. I was never once not sure where the movie was going. Like, it's very clear from start to finish how we get from point A to point B. Um, it is a very stereotypical sort of hero story with all the plot points of a hero story with the, like, getting the call and being reluctant to, to answer the call and, <laughs> and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It, uh, the way that it all unfolds was very stereotypical as far yeah. as not just martial arts movies, but kind of any movie where there's a hero and a villain. <laughs> um, so I don't think in plot it was super original, but I think that what it was was an incredible mashup of martial arts movie specifically like the 80s kung fu movies blended with very slick fast and the furious 
type action, John Wick type action. Like it was very, it felt way more up to date than a lot of movies we've seen recently that were mm-hmm. actiony. Because you know we've we've seen a couple that have been more dramatic that have felt more modern, but a lot of the actiony stuff that we've seen recently has felt dated. It's felt very like pre twenty tens, even if it's been in the twenty tens. Um, I think this was the first one that felt modern as an action thing. And I think that that was because so many of the effects were practical. And I also think Keanu brought in the best of the best when it came to martial arts choreography. Oh, absolutely. And cinematography and the way that everything was shot. I said at one point, and I know that I say this about a lot of things. I bring Wes Anderson up a lot. But this kind of looks like Wes Anderson made an 80s kung fu movie (laughs) because there is a very meticulous Wes Anderson-esque attention to the frame at all points in time how this shot is framed is never once not super intentional and artistic um every single shot you could freeze frame and is amazing um not everyone would i want to like print out and put on my wall but most of them i would and they are all they really used they have a slightly wide angle lens on this so everything just looks bigger and open and more has more space in it um, whether you're indoors or outdoors or whatever's happening, there is a feel of space in every scene because of the slightly wide angle lens. But they also use every bit of that wide angle for set and costume and fighting and action. And just everything is framed and shot beautifully and very, very meticulously. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of things that are a little bit ridiculous but make it really great. Like, so there's this, the main cop is a lady cop who is obsessed with like this case and wants to figure out this case, which is uh, Andrew said in the, in the watch party is like favorite trope. Yeah. Like can't give it up. Like obsessed she was with the case. Yeah. She I'm was kicked off the even case. If I get off, yeah. get, you know, fired. But the, because it's a woman that's this like hard-boiled detective obsessed with this case to the detriment of all other cases they bring in this guy who's super handsome who wears like a linen coat who's also a detective but he literally comes in i think the most he ever said in any sentence in any scene he was in was like two sentences he just pops in to be like handsome and also a cop and then he goes (laughs) away again Uh uh-huh and there's like no reason for he doesn't need to be in this story. He's totally superfluous as a character. Yeah. He doesn't say or do anything that brings anything to the story. He's literally just there to be like there's this hard-boiled lady cop obsessed with this case. And then there's this like Matthew McConaughey sort of Asian dude who's just handsome and laid back and he comes in and says like two things and then he leaves again yeah um there's some stuff like that that is definitely there's a uh suspension of disbelief for sure some of the uh like was mentioned some of the martial arts stuff gets into the mystical we got into sort of like ghost punches and oh it's so good stuff later on but i feel like we ramp up to that in such a smooth way that it all goes with the story and the heightened drama Keanu's character is so evil and he does such a good job of being evil. I said this in the in the live chat for when we watched it. But Keanu's like inner 
dialogue, his ability to show what's going on under the surface and the thought process and whatever, works super well for villains. And I really want to see him be a villain more, especially after seeing this movie, because he is the mm. villain of the piece. And he does such a good job of being super dramatic and like melodramatic, like very, very over the top villain dramatic. Like I said, I think we got a mwahaha from him at one point. It's so stereotypically melodramatic villain. But because he he shows the gears turning in his eyes, like behind what's happening, you totally believe the melodrama. And that's all I want. It could be the most wacky balls to the wall thing. But if you if you sell it in a way that leads me there, I will go along with anything. I like I will suspend my disbelief. At any point in time, if you do it well. Sure. Um, if you sell me on it. And this movie sold me on it. Like, every step of the way. How the fighters got to where they were fighting. How Keanu got to where he was and what he was doing. And he really, really sold being this, like, Marvel villain-esque sort of character. In a normal day-to-day people kind of a thing. He sold that that level of heightened villainy really well. Yeah. The editing and the score uh, were off the charts good. Um, they, again, built a world. The fight choreography was mind-blowing. The, like, I'm not... So much good. <laughs> so much good. I am not a person who is super, like, I don't come to action movies for the fighting. I come to action movies for the, like buy the whole seat but only use an inch of it kind of a thing. I'm here for the action and the pace and the and the whatever. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily because I like love watching fighting. But this fighting was beautiful. And it was so intense. And it was so exciting. It was great. Um, all the set stuff was beautiful. The temple is incredible. But just kind of every set piece even when it was like a sort of 80s Miami cocaine lounge for rich people sort of a thing. It was all done super, super well across the board. And I think that the story, while not original, was tight. Like, they kept it going. It was never, it never felt like it lagged to me at all. Which sometimes I feel like in martial arts movies, there's there's an exposition part or a sort of moral debate part that slows the movie down. Um, which they do to add sort of gravitas in amongst all of the like wacky action. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I didn't ever feel that it was slow. Um, so yeah, I thought it was great. It was really fun. It was way more fun than I even thought it was going to be. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that because I'm right there with you. We couldn't <laughs> have had two movies back to back that I feel more opposite about really (laughs) i don't think in the whole time we've Uh been doing this we've ever had Uh this happen where it's 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 actually unbelievable to me how how easily i felt like just pulled into this world which you you talk about movies that um you might not have uh, a lot of experience in a in a particular genre and this is also to a degree to a, I mean, a foreign film. Also, it's like a lot of it is subtitled. It, it switches back and forth between English and Cantonese. I I just really 
I, I loved everything about this. And it really starts for me with what you said, Whitney, which was the cinematography in this movie mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The framing of. So like what you said, they have these like they're definitely using like a, like a wide angle or an anamorphic lens. It's got that very widescreen look to it. But it's not like fisheye. No, not, not that a, at all. It's, it's just so much like, space. It's, yeah. It, like I said, it's. I don't know enough about lenses to know what kind of lens this was, but I know this was wider than normal and but not the kind that distorts like the middle to be bulbous or yes, anything like that. Exactly. It's, it's, but yeah. The the end result was a ton of space. Right. And the the thing that was super interesting about that is like I think about um I remember I, I remember reading Quentin Tarantino did something like that when he did The Hateful Eight. And if you watch The Hateful Eight, this it it's like even if you're just watching it on a television, it's like the picture wraps around you. Like it it's some mm-hmm. special thing. You're like, holy shit, this is a lot. <laughs> they had to like redesign sets because the, the lens was so wide. I say all that because they have shots in this movie where as wide as they are, and it's pretty much the same throughout the entire film, there'll be scenes where they put the our talent dead center of this mm-hmm. of this frame. And it's a one shot of them either saying a line or responding to it. And it it focuses your attention on their performance so much. Mm-hmm. And you see every it's nuance. It's weird because you think adding a bunch of space around people would make it them less focus of the scene. You think it's the that putting them into like opposite. a giant room yeah, with a giant lens and then having it be like an extreme close up, you'd lose it more than having them full frame. And you don't lose it more. It really amps everything up. Right. I I have not seen that. I mean, I, I've, I've watched a fair amount of different types of movies and it's rare to see something like that. I mean, it is... It feels like a Wes Anderson thing, like you said. Like, it truly, truly does. But this specifically, it was... I, I'm remembering the scene that we watched where Keanu's watching Tiger fight. And he has this, like, smirk. Like, kind of... It's so subtle. But because he's, like, dead center in this huge God, I frame, love that smirk. I loved was, that yes. non-smirk smirk. It was It was beautiful. perfect. It was and beautiful. it was all... It was, like, the combination of the performance plus the framing... It, it it brought everything to this next level. Mm-hmm. And the movie starts that way. Like, so right out of the gate, you're like, I'm struck by how visually beautiful this film is. And then every single performance in this movie, I mean, again, little, little pulpy, like, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it, it worked so well, given the world that they have created. And I, I, I love, I really do love everything about it. The... That's like all technical stuff was great. The score was like fantastic. And I, f- I found it and I've added it to my like streaming library because I'm like, I'm just going to listen to this music because it's awesome. It's like sweet, like low key bops. No, no lyrics or anything. I'm like, this is what I'm going to listen to while I work. Mm-hmm. So that was great. It's very like lo-fi beats to study to only for an action movie. Right. It shouldn't work, but it did. Like it did. They were moving, moving from scene to scene. There were also like a, a couple really great like time lapses and things. These are all like decisions, right? And 
the more that I think about like, this was like, these, these were all Keanu's ideas as the director. That's what you're doing. You're like, how can we bridge these gaps? What's an interesting way to get from A to B to C? And these are all, and I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by his directing in this film because he was able to get the great performances from the actors mm -hmm. and even people who had small roles. I'm thinking of like basically the final fight in the movie. This guy comes out, you're like, oh, this is going to be an epic, this is going to be an epic battle between these two, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't go the way you necessarily think like an epic final battle would go. But even that actor was, you could see the frustration. He's like, Ugh! and it was, it was mm -hmm. really, really well done. Yep, it was. Uh, I like the pacing. Uh, I agree that the plot was, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Like when we walked into the office, I was like, is this the love interest in our watch party? I'm like, immediately it, you were like, right, yeah. So it's that sort of thing where you look at this person and you're like, okay, love interest. Okay. Hard boiled cop. Who's going to solve it at the end. Bad mm -hmm. guy. Great. You know, mm -hmm. the master, we're going to have a cool master student fight. It's good. Like all of those things are there, but it feels like a, it doesn't feel like a thing that's been uh, necessarily remade or redone a million times it feels like a story that you love just with swap the swap the people playing the roles right which is mm -hmm. that feels more interesting to me where it's almost like a dream casting like of course i want this story with keanu as a villain and tiger chen as the protagonist of course i want that <laughs> so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i cannot say enough good things about this movie. I'm so surprised how under the radar it flew. Right. Because like, I've heard of it and we talked about this. A lot of people have been excited for us to watch it. It's come up a lot in conversation. Have you, have you watched The Man of Tai Chi yet? But yeah. I knew nothing about it. I had no idea what it was going to be going into it and knowing that it was going to be this like blend of old and new and this mashup of 80s hard-boiled martial arts movie with like new slick action movie i had no idea what it was going to be and it was so great and the, I, it baffles me that people haven't talked about it more yes especially in regards to so again i'm just going to pile on like what you said like the fight sequences in this movie are i mean it's it's obviously it's like we have a choreographer and then it also depends a lot on the people participating, right? And Tiger is clearly a master at what he does. And everybody they hired as an opponent is clearly also a master of like a totally different fighting style than him. And what ends up happening is like, if you think about the Matrix, right? And you think about like the standout fight moments from any of those like in terms of like a, a special move, right? The mm -hmm. one that sticks with me all the time is the subway fight with Smith and Neo goes to punch him and it stops short, but then he extends his fingers and kind of chokes him. And it's just mm -hmm. such a cool, right? Like it's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, the Matrix had a, f a handful of those. There is one of those in every single fight. In, in every fight, <laughs> in every fight, there's something, there's one move that is specifically like- The best. Holy shit, that's so cool. There is, there is the one, it was like in the fighting room prior. He kind of like, he upper, 
cuts or like hits a guy off the ground and grabs his leg and pulls him back to the ground and then punches him. I'm like, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is what you have said about this kind of being the start of uh, John Wick feels more appropriate than the other times where I have perhaps thrown that out shoehorned in, it in. in smaller in smaller ways like smaller facets of it this is yeah. clear like and this is a, another situation where we have seen it time and again where keanu is he's in this like he is fighting it's him like the falls yeah. the kick yeah. like, everything is him and it's it's impressive <laughs> right you like you can see where keanu's heart is in this movie yeah for sure it comes across as a director but also as an actor of just like the kind of stuff he wants to be making. And it really shows you, even though John Wick wasn't as much of a his personal project as Man of Tai Chi, you can see why he worked so perfectly in it because right. this is what he loves to do. And I hadn't really seen that before. Like, you know, because of the John Wick, because of the Matrix, whatever, that he has a history in it. But I don't think that I saw the love of it until this movie. Yeah. That's that's perfectly summed up. Really, that that's it. You can. The, he had done things like this before, and he has certainly done things like th this after. But this is like, we. I don't think we ever really truly knew. Like, mm -hmm. oh, this is like his happy place. You get <laughs> like, to see inside of his brain right, with this he movie. Loves this shit like a mm -hmm. lot. So it's it's so cool to see. I do not know for the life of, I hope he directs more. Like, even if it's more just martial arts films and he's just behind the lens, he doesn't, I would love to see him on screen for as long as possible. But if he's directing other people and creating work like this, I'm in for every one of them. Yep, for sure. Also, based on the live chat in, when we watched this uh, in Netflix party, uh, I may have said that I might get a never bring a knife to a Tai Chi fight, my dudes, tattooed on myself somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So if uh -huh. you think that's a good idea, let me know on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's a good idea. If you think it's a good idea to get never bring a knife to a Tai Chi fight, my dudes. The my dudes is not negotiable. <laughs> right. It stays. Mm -hmm. the, the my dudes stays. Mm -hmm. God, it feels good. To like a movie, Whitney. It feels it good, feel to, good like to like a movie. movie. It really does. It, we have a hard time with that sometimes. And it's been, you know, there's been a lot of peaks and valleys. Whew. For this one to just generally be good. Like, I really don't have a gripe with this movie at all. Everything f fired on all cylinders. Even with the plot being very basic. Very, yeah. like, not something that I couldn't foresee what was happening. It was still a good plot and it moved along fast and well. I really don't have any bones to pick. I just thought this was great. And I definitely think that there are purists who would not like this because it is a fusion of old and new. Hmm. I also think that there are people that it doesn't have enough humor for some. Like when we talk about stuff like Fast and Furious and John Wick in with these and, and now John Wick 2 and 3 are different than John Wick 1. Yeah. Um, if you like John Wick 1, this might be kind of up your alley. If you're looking for some of that more lighthearted, wacky, 
action that is something that we've talked about a lot here as being something that all of us love. This was not super lighthearted. It was melodramatic in a in a heightened theater Broadway kind of way. Um, but it wasn't silly in any way. So it's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but I, for one, thought it was excellent. I agree. I agree. I hear the criticisms and to to varying degrees they're valid but i, I don't th i think there's a lot to be said about execution mm -hmm. to a, we've seen something like john wick before right but mm -hmm. it's the execution that makes it that puts uh, the, it off the charts yeah. right so uh gosh do we have anything else to say about this movie i feel like we said a lot. I think I think we've covered everything. We really we talked about this maybe running short, but what we did is we just filled the time with two people's slots instead. <laughs> so I feel like we really covered everything you and I think about this movie. Awesome. All right. So then it's time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm I'm excited to get to this. I am too. I'm a little bit nervous though. We have no buffer. We have no <laughs> guest host. It's no, just you and no me. No guest. It's just ping pong back and forth between the two of us, but uh -huh. We'll get through this. We'll get through this. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh my. Pop quiz, asshole is our very own Quizzo show where the hosts asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. Because we don't have a third, uh, this makes it rather interesting where that third point, that third option could go to someone by default, but might not this time, which might is- Might not. It, yeah. it, it reduces the chances of someone just winning by default, which I appreciate. <laughs> because right. as, fun, as fun as it is to be like, do you remember what the third option was by this point? Um, and it's it's fun to steal it when, everyone's guessed everything else but <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's going to be more uh more heightened with the uh lack of a third person so the 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 odds are are lower excellent excellent I'm just walking away with a point <laughs> so uh as always uh points are not cumulative they only determine who win the episode not the whole season uh, although really just i'm looking at the at the win count here it's I, you know we all know what's going to happen at the end of this season. It's fine. It's fine. Who wins the season? Given all that information, I would like to turn it over to our master of ceremonies, Charles Nolan. Hello. Hello, Charles. Hey, Charles. How are the two of you today? You know, we're out here living. That's it. That's it. Well, that's a good way to do things. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Better Thanks. than being in there dead. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. That's a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for for showing up for the watch party, Charles. That was an unexpected. I really liked your surprise. fun facts. I was so happy to be there. It was so much fun. Awesome, awesome. There's only there's only two of us today, Charles. So I don't know what the what the deal is, how that changes things for you, but we're we're ready. All right, well, let's start off then. Whitney. Yeah. When Donica kills Kitek at the beginning of the movie, 
he says to him, you're not a warrior, you're what? Ooh. Is it A, weak, B, a rat, or C, dead? <laughs> a rat. That is correct. All right, Andrew. All right, here we go. In their first interaction in the police station, Superintendent Wong yells at Inspector Sung Jing Si in English. What phrase does he yell? Does he yell, I don't care, shut up, or listen to me? Oh, I remember this because I loved it. He says, listen to me. That is correct. That was great. Yeah, we specifically <laughs> talked about that in the chat when we were watching it of the the things that they chose to have spoken in English really gave a lot of emphasis yeah. to the words. It was really cool. All right. All right. All right. Back to Whitney. Yes. While given a rating of R by the MPAA, it, this movie was not shot with the intention of that rating. What rating did our boy director Keanu say that it was shot to achieve? Was it PG, PG-13, or X? <laughs> I'm going to say PG. That is incorrect. Charles, I'm... Andrew. <laughs> I'm going to guess PG-13. That is correct. Because <laughs> if it was X, <laughs> God help us. It was not X. Yeah. I could... <laughs> We would know if it was meant to be an X-rated film. Yeah, there'd be a lot. That's a lot. It, it would be indeed. <laughs> Andrew, what is the name of Donica Mark's company? Is it oh. Global Security Associated, Security System Alliance, or Dynamic Security Systems? God damn it. I want to say... Security Systems Alliance. That is correct. Ooh, yes. I, ne I never would have gotten that. Never, I think the logo ever. was like an SSA or I think I, I seem to remember something like on a van or something. That's mm. all. Yes. Whitney. Mm -hmm. How many people do we see Tiger fight in the small mirrored room? Is it three Four or five. <laughs> These are so... Five? That's correct. Nailed it. Nicely done. Mm -hmm. Those were perfect fights. Every single one of them. Every single they one of them. They were incredible. <laughs> I really like the ballet shoes, man. Oh, my God. The guy whose primary tactic was like, yes, just punch me in the face. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm just it. going to absorb every <laughs> blow and then come at you like a steam train. He was my favorite fight. He was wearing ballet shoes, so that made him my favorite too in, a, in another way. And he was very graceful at the same yeah. time that he was like, punch me in the fucking chest and I'm just going to absorb all your blows. Yeah. Just like a scary, scary brick house. <laughs> Some might say his fighting technique was on point. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I gotta give it up for that one. That was, that was, that was quick. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I get the ding sound? That's for you, Charles. <laughs> Thank you. Andrew. Oh. 
energetic lackey cameraman and hype man Gong is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> yes, he is. How many Correct. credits does the actor have on IMDb? What? Three, four, or five? I'm going to go with four. That is correct. Yes! That is actually unbelievable, though, because that dude was great. He was very funny. Phenomenal performance. I need him in my life as a hype man. (laughs) Whitney. Yes. What kind of camera does Inspector Sung use? Is it a Canon EOS 40D, a Sony Alpha, or a Nikon D5600? Oh, my God. Sony EOS? That is incorrect. The Nikon 5600. That is incorrect. God damn it. (laughs) What was the first one? Canon EOS 40D. Interesting. All right. And that is the correct answer. Noted. Andrew. Here we go. Here we go. After violating the rules and being disqualified from the fighting competition in Wu Lin, a reporter asks Tiger if he was what during the fight. Was he possessed, crazy, or drunk? Possessed. That is correct. Yes. Maybe I just need to have subtitles on for every movie, even in English. <laughs> I really absorb a lot more. Whitney, for the last question mm-hmm. in regulation. How many years passed from when pre-production started to the release of this movie? Whoa. Three, four, or five? Three, four, or five. Um, I'm gonna go with five. That is correct. Dang. That's a long time. That is a long time. There were a lot of significant rewrites. That means that, yeah, they started in 2008? Didn't they basically? Maybe a little bit earlier? Holy shit. Yeah, yeah yes. I was going to say maybe even before that. Dang. In 2008. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. We have three bonus questions. Oh my gosh. Spoiler fritches. So many you know the rules of the bonus round. Buzz in and get your opportunity to guess. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bonus question number one. When Tiger goes into the dressing room before his fight with Yuri, we see a camera angle displaying Tiger's given nickname. What is this nickname? Is it A, Raging Tiger? B, Possessed Tiger, or C, Dark Tiger. Andrew. Was it Raging Tiger? It was Raging Tiger. Raging Tiger. Raging Tiger. Bonus question number two. Tiger's strikes are reported to deliver how much pressure per square inch? Is it 800 PSI, 900 PSI, or 1,000 PSI? Me. Whitney. 900 PSI. That is correct. Nicely done. And the final question of Pop Quiz Asshole. Here we go. 
How many times throughout the entire movie does Donica Mark say, finish him? <laughs> I love it. Is it six, nine, or 12? Me. Whitney. Nine. That is incorrect. Andrew. I'm going big. 12. That is incorrect. Damn it. It was only six. six. Only six? Says it twice in the beginning scene and four times in the fight against Yuri. Hmm. Hmm. Just felt like more, you know? Mm-hmm. That was one of our fun jokes in the live stream, the, the watch party. Yes. Now, before I announce the winner of this week's Pop Quiz Asshole, there are three more questions. <laughs> but they are not for you. They are for our audience. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Audience questions. What? Oh, we got to. This is fortuitous. There are three questions. Here are the rules of pop quiz audience. Oh boy. Tweet your answer to me at the Nolan on Twitter. The first person to guess each answer correctly will win a shout out next episode. You may only answer one question per tweet. Uh huh. Interesting. I like this, Charles. I oh, like I this a lot. Too. Let's get the folks at home involved. <laughs> Question number one. What meal does Gong express jealousy over watching Tiger and his family eat? I know this one. Listeners, you better get it. Question number two. What room number is Tiger's dressing room before the fight with Yuri? And question number three. In the final fight, how much time elapses between when Donica Mark asks Tiger if he knows what he is and then answers his own question. Tweet to me at the Nolan for a shout out in next week's episode. Oh, see, it's very interactive. I like I it. I love the play at home version of Pop Quiz Asshole. There we go. Now to announce the winner of this week's Pop Quiz Asshole. With a score of six to four, with two questions going completely unanswered, the winner is Andrew. <laughs> Excellent! Oh my god! This is incredible! I'd like to thank so many people. Um, mostly subtitles. Mostly the person who did the subtitle work for Netflix, because I, they were large enough for me to read and understand. No, this was, this was a lot of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I legitimately could not take my eyes off this movie, except to go into chat, but just for brief periods of time. It was yeah. awesome. And then it was right back to the movie. Yeah, this was great. Oh, Charles, thank you so much. You, you went above and beyond this week with the extra questions for everyone else. This is, this is awesome. I anticipate pop quiz audience will be a continued thing going forward. I love it. I will take this a step further. I will put this out as a standalone thing on Twitter so people can, you know, just listen to this portion, the, the portion for them too. So that'll Honestly, be pretty cool. Honestly, I think you ought to make this an entry in the big data machine and see if we can figure out which which listener Ooh. 
has the best overall pop quiz asshole score. I like it. I like it. All right. Get the wheels turning. All mm -hmm. right. We're doing it. It's getting done. Things never get old here. Cool right. We keep just pushing the envelope with the Every the time key you think yeah. you know what our format is or <laughs> how to play the game, we change it up on you. The rules change. Yeah, we move the goalposts, as it were. So mm -hmm. We're keeping you on your toes. That's it. That's what it's all about. Charles, as always, thank you so much for leaving the void. I don't know if it's comfortable in the void or, or what the situation is, but thanks for joining us here. Thank you for having me here. The void is very comfortable and filled with Keanu wonderful things. Oh, I kind of want to go to the void. <laughs> Maybe if you win more pop quiz asshole, I'll bring you into the void. <laughs> oh, no. This... I'll do that. Uh, enjoy your evening, Charles. Thank you very much. You both do the same. We will. Bye. <laughs> Okay. Uh, as we have discussed, the plot of this movie is pretty straightforward. Yeah, this probably won't be a long sum up at all. Yeah, I'm going to run through the Wikipedia entry, which is three paragraphs. And I think, Whitney, if Whitney and I haven't sold this to you, you're, you're, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, right? <laughs> like, I don't know what other way to convince you to watch this movie. If you have even a passing interest in Keanu Reeves, it's well worth your time. So, the Hong Kong police officer, Sun Jing Shi, is leading an investigation into a private security firm owned by a man named Donica Mark, and she suspects him of hosting illegal fight clubs, like these underground fight clubs. And she turns uh, one of his fighters into a mole, and we see this person get killed, like right up at the top, right? So without any evidence, Superintendent Wong, her boss, orders the case to be closed. But, and this is my favorite, favorite thing. One of my, I mean, I like heists. I like revenge stories. But I also love this trope of Sun Jing. She's like, no, I'm just, I'll, I, okay, I can't do this during the day. I'll just do this at night. I'll keep investigating. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We cut to uh, Tiger, uh, who is our main character. He is competing in this, uh, in the Wu Lin competition, which is just like, I don't know, I don't know how I would describe this exactly. Whitney, is this like, this is just a martial arts competition in general, right? Like an uh, above, uh, on the level fight yeah, for... Yeah, no, I mean, it looked like bring it on, like the cheer competitions only it was Tai Chi. <laughs> yeah, But yeah. it's very, it's very like standard by region, by skill level, by whatever, and it's mats in it like a gym. Like it looks very much to me like a like a cheerleader championship or something like that. Yeah, and this so to put it in perspective, perspective, this might be like it looks like it might be like a qualifier for the Olympics. Like if you were going to go be in the you know I don't know it's not quite that, but you you get the picture right. Uh, Donica sees Tiger on tel this is televised. He sees him and he's impressed with the fighting skills that Tiger has. He's never seen anything like this before. Tai Chi for fighting. And he sends him a job offer. And we've seen a, a look at Tiger's actual life. He's just a courier. He's got a really sweet uh, trailer, like a U-Haul bicycle <laughs> thing. It's amazing. We... As a bike messenger, <laughs> he gets this little 
It's it literally looks like a mini U-Haul. It's super small, yeah. but it's on the back of a motorbike, and it is dope. Right, and as 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 dope as we all thought that was, Tiger is very clearly like he just does not give a shit about doing this job anymore. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. as understandably so. So he takes Donica up on this offer for a job interview. He flies to Hong Kong. And this turns out to be like a test of his uh, combat prowess, his ability, right? He gets brought into this room. It's just a mirror, obviously like a two-way mirror, and then four walls otherwise. Mm -hmm. And he's jumped from behind and he wins this fight, you know, after gathering his chi. You know, it's like, it's that thing he gets his ass kicked at first and then he comes back and really does a number on the other guy. Donica offers him a job. But it's not the job that he initially thought he was going to get as security. It's like, I want you to fight for money. Mm-hmm. He uh, kind of refuses this. He says this, this would um, sully the Tai Chi, right? Mm-hmm. But cut, to this, uh, cut, to, cut back to the temple where he trains. We see these real estate developers, I guess they are, something like that. They're like, well... We're going to demolish this temple because we want to build some whatever high rises, whatever they intend to build a mall, (laughs) whatever. So this makes Tiger reconsider. Well, maybe I should take Donica up on this offer because it pays a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. He also seeks help from his friend, the love interest of the movie. She says, if you get the money to fix the temple, uh, then it'll pass inspection and we won't knock it down. We could do this preservation situation. This was like a little bit of a side story that didn't feel, it was just our impetus to get him in line with Donica, but it was, it was cool. I, I, liked, I liked it as a motivating factor. So after each fight, which is like, it's Mortal Kombat, right? And it is, as we said, it's like, it's watched by the, the very affluent from afar on mm-hmm. the internet or sometimes in person, right? Tiger continues to win larger and larger sums of money because he keeps facing bigger and more menacing types of opponents. He then quits his job. He begins providing for his parents. We see the temple getting repaired. All of this stuff is, ha- you know, everything's coming up Millhouse, <laughs> right? With time. Tiger develops his style and it, it, it used to, in the beginning, it was really cool to see this. And as myself as like a novice at being able to notice this sort of stuff, it was very graceful and fluid, the Tai Chi that he was doing in the beginning, especially with his master. And then the more he fights, the more kind of like staccato feels like kind of the right word for it. Like it's brute, like it's brutal the way he fights as he continues to go on in this fight club. His master uh, notices this change and warns him, like, you got to stop. You have to meditate, center yourself. Uh, Tiger, he's like, no, nope, I'm good. I like what I'm doing here. We cut back to the Wu Lin competition, which is the up and up <laughs> competition, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tiger, he's gotten to this place where he sees every opponent as like a life or death situation. And he like breaks this guy's arm in the competition and is like, and maybe his leg too. I can't remember. He does a number on this guy and he's disqualified. So now all he has left is the fight club. When Tiger comes back to fight at the temple, uh, this is one of the coolest scenes in the movie. You kind of saw it coming. He is, he has moved from 
dressing very traditionally and in, in white. He's now dressed all in black. It's very on the nose, but I I loved it. Mm-hmm. Him and his master fight, right? Oh, and this is where we get this like wizard ghost punch thing. The the ghost punch that what Wikipedia is calling it here is chi energy palm strike. So it, it's he hits him without hitting him, and he, Tiger goes flying. It's really really well done. After that. Uh, Tiger leaves, defeat it, right? And then he finds out that the authorities rejected the petition to preserve the space that the temple sits on because they saw what he did to that guy on television. And they're like, this isn't something that we want to preserve if this is what Mm -hmm. Tai Chi is all about. Tiger's pissed at this, right? He goes in. I thought he was going to do some damage at that office that he goes to where his love Mm -hmm. interest works. He just kind of walked out. And there's this just... As a side note, an incredible thing that Charles told us during the live chat, as he's walking, storming out of this office, he goes, he, he's like walking right at the camera and he pushes the camera out of the way. And it was an improvised thing, but they kept it in the movie and it looked cool as shit. <laughs> it looked awesome. So Tiger runs right to Donica. He says, I need a fight right now. And he fights this guy. Ori Romanov. It's a very large Russian man, as you might have guessed from the name. And channeling this rage, he defeats this guy in like a matter of seconds. And he almost kills him, but he doesn't. He, he gets like so close. And this is what Donica has been kind of grooming him to do. He's like, we want to see him murder somebody. Mm-hmm. Whether he says that outright or not, you know, we're, we're we're looking at this progression. We're like, well, yeah, that's clearly what we want. Rich people want to see these other people kill each yeah. other yeah. for money. <laughs> that, that's what everyone wants. Right. Even if it's not overtly said. Yeah. You can't go from A to Z. You have to take these steps along the way. And he was almost there. He was at like X or Y. Right. So at that point, Tiger realizes like, whoa, whoa, I have to like take a step back from this. He tells Donica, he's like, look. You know, I can't do this anymore. I want out. And th- there's a really great interaction between between him and Keanu here. He's like, you can't just walk away. And he's like, I'll see you on Thursday <laughs> or whatever, like, mm-hmm. which is which is really cool. So Donica, he sets up this private tournament. It is this is the death match. Like we were he was assuming Tiger was going to kill this Russian guy in in preparation for what is about to happen right here. So Sun Jing, this whole time has been like one step behind, but uh, Tiger goes to her and says like, look, he is doing what you think he's doing. I want to help. She talks with Tiger, finds out about the death match happening on Thursday and says, okay, what I will do is I will track you to its location. We will descend upon Donica and this whole thing will be over and you'll be out. Uh, of course, that doesn't go as planned. The first thing that happens is Tiger's phone is taken from him so she can no longer track him. And then while in pursuit of his last location, she's run off the road. It looks like an accident. We find out later, not too much later, a few minutes, that it was all planned by Donica. The man who uh, she almost got into an accident with comes down to quote unquote check on her, uh, ultimately tries to kill her. She gets the upper hand because she's a badass. Uh, It's at this point that she's about to call for backup, but the assailant's phone receives a text. She looks at it. She sees that it is her boss's number mm-hmm. asking if it's if, if she's dead, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Now she knows he is in Donica's pocket. 
so she texts back, it's done. And then she continues to this pursuit uh, to where this fight is being held, which we, we eventually find out is on a barge out in wh- what I can imagine might be the South China Sea, uh, right, you know, offshore, you know, international waters type situation. So we cut to this, uh, this combat situation. Tiger refuses to fight the person he is paired up against. And this is what I was talking about earlier. You see the frustration in this other fighter's uh, face. And apparently, being a novice to the, the genre or whatever, Charles said that, that that person is incredible, like an incredible martial artist. And I, mm-hmm. I don't remember that person's name, but it's very good. Iko, maybe? I, I- it K-O? is. Iko Uwe. Yeah, yes, that's it. Regardless, uh, Tiger does not fight that, char- that character. He's, he calls out Donica. He's like, I'll fight you up here. I'll fight you. And that's what he keeps repeating. Donica bounces, <laughs> right? He's like, the police are here. Uh, we have to go. <laughs> he jumps uh, in the ocean because this is taking place on a barge and swims uh, to safety crazy it's craziness donica then we cut to the temple and uh, tiger has arrived there donica also arrives at the temple and they begin what it was a fight that i don't think any of us were quite prepared to see because of how goddamn awesome it was donica initially has the upper hand and keanu is a presence in this movie like compared to tiger I mean, like height wise and build wise, right? Uh, Tiger is very lean, a little bit smaller height wise. Keanu is l- quite a bit beefier <laughs> and uh, just kind of towers over him. After the style that he's developed over the course of the movie isn't working against Donica, he reverts back to his original Tai Chi training from his master. Then he, you know, pulls out a couple sweet moves and right mm-hmm. at the last minute, he does the palm strike. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's ghost great. punches the guy. He ghost punches. He ghost punches Donica, and apparently Donica's insides just turn into mush when this happens because mm-hmm. he dies in pretty short order. At this point, the the master has been watching this from the temple. Tiger and his master reconcile. Everything's good there. Sun Jing, we see her cuts to her. She gets promoted to superintendent, right? And everything is good uh, with her and Tiger. She's like, "You helped. I appreciate that." I don't know if he would get off from, I mean, probably. He didn't actually kill anybody, so he was just doing these illegal fighting things. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Mm -hmm. They also reach an agreement with the real estate developers. This is aided by uh, Sun Jing, who has quite a bit of weight behind her uh, recommendations now. Uh, So the temple stays. It's great. The government decides to protect the temple. Tourists are invited to learn more about Tai Chi. Tiger is going to open his own uh, dojo or school in the city. And the legacy of uh, Lion King Tai Chi goes on into the eternity. It's great. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. And scene. It was so good. (laughs) It was really good. It's really good, you guys. That's it. Watch it. That's it. Man of Tai Chi. I think everyone knows. Uh, I think everyone knows where we stand on if we recommend this or not. <laughs> yes. The answer is definitely yes. That I is a hearty recommend. Hundred percent will recommend this. In fact, I think 
I will recommend this more than a lot of other things because it does, in my opinion, fall a little bit under the radar. Yeah, this was an interesting one for me, too, for that exact reason, where I'm like, I I don't know why I didn't see this because it's mm -hmm. right up. It's like right up my alley. So yeah, now the, the interesting thing is, in terms of our actual rankings, where are you putting this, Whitney? Uh, I thought a lot about it, and it ended up in number six for me, between Constantine and Parenthood. Oh my god, our, our first top ten of the season! Yep. Holy shit! Uh, likewise for me, I am going to put this... It's actually going to also be in my top 10. It's a little bit lower for me. It's going to be at my number eight. Uh, but I love this movie, but it's it's absolutely top 10 material. I'm mm -hmm. putting it in uh, under Constantine and above the replacements. So we both put it under Constantine. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the Constantine thing that just, uh, you know, there's something about that movie still for me. I'm like, oh, I just oh, for I don't sure. know. For sure. I will always, I think cater to something that's a little bit more sarcastic and funny uh, yes. which Constantine is um, but yeah it's definitely for sure top 10 for both of us and for most people I would guess although the Rotten Tomato scores would say otherwise <laughs> right right now the interesting thing for me and now looking at this here now what uh, now the movies that got pushed out of our top 10 right for you mm -hmm. it's tune in tomorrow tune in tomorrow and for me, it's The Matrix Reloaded, mm -hmm. which me, but above The Matrix Reloaded for me is Tune In Tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that movie is now literally on the chopping block. My sweetheart of a film, Tune In Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Point Break is the one on the chopping block for me. Point Break right. got moved down to the 10th spot. So. Absolutely. And I just, I have a feeling, I have a hunch that maybe we, one we or two movies coming two up two episodes might... <laughs> away from a lot of uh, disruption yeah i just have a feeling so i you know just enjoy the list as it exists for the time being we'll see yes. about next week so and speaking of whitney you're running us through a movie called 47 ronin oh, 47 ronin that is correct i don't know anything about it yeah, I have not seen this. I believe something there's something racist about it, but I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> Interesting. That's my that's my osmosis of the movie movie Forty Seven Ronin is something about it is racist. That's... That could be totally wrong. I'm not going in with that viewpoint. In yeah, it's not like a Matt Damon Great Wall uh, situation, maybe something not, like that. Not that bad, but not, in that vein. Okay. That's the impression that I've gotten. Like I said, I have no idea. I don't know anything about 47 Ronin, but a a less egregious Matt Damon Great Wall <laughs> situation. <laughs> okay. Well, it's got Keanu, so uh, yeah, I don't know. All right. We'll see. I'm interested. It's, mm -hmm. it's not um, just from the name. I'm assuming it's like a period, like an older samurai yeah. type uh, situation. So that could be cool. That, that's an interesting thing in his career right here, at least this period mm -hmm. of it in a lot of stuff happening in Asia. So mm -hmm. very cool. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Looking for uh, always optimistic. This movie, yeah. I think, caught both of us off guard. I hope 47 Ronin does the same thing. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. I hope this is an upswing, but you never know. 
cautiously optimistic as always so uh recommendations have been logged we have our top uh keanu movie rankings done that's that's it we're done we're done so why don't you just tell people where they could find you on the internet in the meantime yeah i am at whitney underscore nelson n-e-l-s-e-n and follow me there and you can find links to my other podcast historical hotties um, we just did an episode of Equestrians, uh, was the last one, and Sculptors is going up shortly. Um, so you can listen to us talk about the hottest sculptors in history and which one we would like to put it on. And yeah, and then I've got other podcasts too, but those, those are my main two, this one and Historical Hotties. But you can find all of my antics online through my Twitter. So, you know, you, you learn a lot on historical hotties and that's the mm -hmm. that's one of the it's entertaining and you learn stuff right mm -hmm. and that's one of the greatest compliments i can give because sometimes learning is not fun i mean that that was the whole idea it's hard it's hard and everyone thinks that they're like we get so many things about i'm too not smart enough to be on the show or listen to the show or whatever and i'm like this is not about being smart this is just about realizing that there have been hot people all the time <laughs> That's a perfect way. Yeah, I like the. Uh, that's a great punct. A great way to just punctuate what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You and Lindsay. The thing that impresses me is, uh, you know, for this show, a little behind the scenes, I put together like some like our show notes, which is not much. It's like just copy pasta type situation for my IMDb Rotten Tomatoes. It's but historical hotties. There's like, it's research. Like you there two are doing research. the we work. Do research. We actually had a podcast that reviews podcasts, review us. And they were like, I don't know how these people do so much research because they, for example, I don't remember which episode they listened to, but they went to Wikipedia to see if what we said about the people that we had picked was just basically just a Wikipedia rundown. And it is not. We pull from as many sources as we can in as short a time as we can. So it's definitely not... No one's writing a thesis based on our takes, but <laughs> it is all researched. Yeah. So uh, I, I highly recommend it. I, I, I certainly do. You can follow me on the internet at Dark Driving. That's me pretty much everywhere. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are the places where I'm most active. Obviously, follow at Cool Breeze Pod uh, as well. That's, that's a great way to send me Keanu things that I will certainly see because it's, it's a much more focused account that way. <laughs> And uh, I've been much more active on Twitch, where this is streaming. Uh, when I'm not streaming the podcast, I'm playing games. Very excited. Final Fantasy VII Remake comes out in like two days from mm -hmm. as of recording this. And I'm going to be streaming the hell out of that. Been looking forward to that for, I don't know, 23 years, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be very cool. Yeah. So that's twitch.tv slash dark driving. Check it out there. Thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. <laughs> <laughs>